hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. It's me, Michelle, and today I am here with, of course, Suzanne. Hey Suzanne, how are you? Hey Michelle, I'm doing good. Are you feeling a little rested after your week off? <laughs> Let's not even go there. I wouldn't say rested. It's been a, a time. A time, but a rewarding time. Just a busy time for you. Yep, just busy. And today, as an added bonus and a special treat, we are here also with our good friend, Christy Campagna. Hey, Christy, how are you? Good. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Christy. I'm glad you could join us. Me too. At this early time in the morning. But I do have to ask you, who's been up since, let's say, 3 a.m. this morning for any particular reason? Did you get up around 4 yeah, I watched some of the coronation around four o'clock this morning. I planned on watching some highlights this afternoon. How about you, Michelle? Were you up? I was up. Yes, I missed the beginning of it because I guess I slept in until a whopping three fifty-five. But I woke up just as they were bringing out the screens to surround him for that moment, that private moment between him and God, and that's where I came in. And I'm so moved. (laughs) I've got so much to say. (laughs) So do I. Well, that doesn't surprise me. (laughs) I did not stay up, or nor did I get up early. I got up at my regular time because I recorded it. (laughs) And I thought, okay, I can watch this when I wake up. And I did. Okay, so I have a question for you. Is this the first royal event that you've recorded and not watched in live time? Probably. But I'm just getting too old to stay up all night to watch something. And I have grandchildren to take care of. It's like, I have to be on my game. (laughs) That's so true. And it does change the dynamic. So let's just jump right in. And we'll start with you, Suzanne, because I know since you have gotten out of bed, (laughs) you have been watching it and you have a lot to share. I do. And I'm going to start with, and just bear with me, I was listening to a radio program yesterday and I listened to podcasts and talk radio and yesterday before the coronation there was a duo that I listened to regularly that I love they're hilarious but this time I was shaking I was so pissed because they were scoffing at the coronation and they were like what's the big deal and of all the boring things and why do we care? We're Americans. We don't need this crap. And and they're using up all the television time to air this thing. And, for, and it's at three in the morning. It's like there's not a lot else on at three in the morning. So just cool your jets, you idiots. <laughs> I was just, I was just like, for the love of God, you know, and that's exactly what it's about. And they're talking about the how the monarchy is has become irrelevant. So all day yesterday, I was like, why is the monarchy relevant? And why is this so important? And, you know, historically, pomp and circumstance, all of that aside, why is this so important? Because they were scoffing at it, and they were talking about the irrelevance of it, and how all they do is flaunt their money and their wealth and when there's so much else going on in the world. And I was so frustrated. 
I can understand why. I'm getting like worked up just hearing you talk about this. Well, so I had one of those aha moments this morning when I was watching the recap and I listened to the message of the Reverend, the Honorable Reverend, Reverend Justin Welby, who was the speaker. And he reminded us what the relevance of the monarchy is. And he said, the monarchy is not there. They are not to be served, but to serve. And service is love in action. And I was just having a conversation the other day with my sister-in-law about the five love languages. And one of the five love languages is the act of service. And I thought, and that is what the monarchy is. <laughs> and their role in Great Britain is not to govern, but to, it's a whole separate role to take care of the needs of its people, like social services. They are the, not only are they the head of the Church of England, but they are the head of the social services of Great Britain. They play such an important role in Great Britain because what they have done is they have taken social services out of the government's hands. The government doesn't take care of social services. The monarchy does. And, oh, wouldn't the United States be kind of smart to do that? Like create a whole different part of our government. You know, we have the legislators, we have the president, we have the judicial part of government. Don't we need a social services, a whole separate section to just take care of social services? And we need a head of that. And so I am on fire this morning. Chrissy, do you have anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I think that every time you see like Kate going to schools and, and hospitals and things like that, I think she brings attention to those places. And I think that's a lot of what they do, too, is they're able to bring attention to special needs of kids and people. Exactly. And so they're hugely relevant in their society. They're hugely relevant because you're absolutely right, Christy. They make an appearance and that's all they need to do. And they do so much more than that, but that's all they need to do. What are your thoughts, Michelle? I'm just taking in everything you said, and you're so right. When I think of the royal family, I think of the history of and the evolving of, and they are the face of Great Britain. When you think of London, you think of the royal family. They go hand in hand. And so while I was watching today, I felt the relevance. I felt generations within that room because here in service to the king today was his nine-year-old grandson who is a future monarch himself, the youngest monarch that has ever been able to take part in the service. When King Charles's mom, Queen Elizabeth, became queen, he was only four. He couldn't be part of the ceremony. But Prince George got to today. And just that continuation, just that tradition and everything they mean. I mean, there's so much relevance in that too, being the face of. Amazing to watch because uh, you kind of feel like you're part of history when you're watching it. You get to see, I mean, so many people have never seen a coronation. Mm -hmm. Well, because yeah. Yeah, it's 
a once in a lifetime for us because the queen was coronated 70 years ago, like June, was it June 2nd, Suzanne, you're the expert. It was, it was, I wouldn't say I'm the expert in dates, but it was June 2nd and 70 years ago before any of us were born. And it is remarkable. And it goes back to what I was saying, because that entire family, they're raised from birth to serve. I mean, that's what their purpose in life is, is to serve their country. And I think of Prince George, and I think about how from the day he was born, he is being groomed to serve. And it's frustrating for me that we have lost sight of that. And maybe we never realized it in our country or paid attention to it. But it's like, this is what they do. And sitting there in that moment today, watching King Charles go through this process of being coronated, seeing him as an older man, as somebody who's experienced a lot, has served a lot, has learned a lot to be stoic, to hide the emotion, to bring it all together for the sake of everybody to be that figure, to see him there today, and then to flash back in my memory, you can Mm -hmm. look it up too, of him as a young boy, age four at his mom's coronation, thinking about all the lessons he's learned in that time span. So we got to see him introduced on this world stage as a young age of, uh, a boy at the young age of four, to where he is now, the King of England. And just everything that's happened and occurred since then, it really is quite remarkable that the staying power that they have. It is. Well, and in the middle of all of the pomp and circumstance and the formality of the occasion, I saw a great deal of humility with King Charles that he has such great respect for his role. He, he's just shown such a huge amount of humility through all of it. And gosh, you just, you have to give him a lot of credit and that whole family, so much credit, that whole family, except for one, but we won't go there. Well, we're going to have to go there for just a second because I have a thought on it, but we're going to give this time to the the pomp and circumstance, the moment in history that this yeah. is. But I, I can't, I can't not at the end of it when we've wrapped up this part, say something. So I'm just throwing it out there. Okay. All right. (laughs) But I was impressed watching King Charles's face. He, you know, just held it all in. And the one time you really saw that little glimpse of emotion, because he was emotional, he was just holding it together, was when Prince William pledged his oath to him. And you, I felt like I could see that waiver in that, Mm -hmm. that he tries to show everybody for like, that moment for what it is. What do you think, Christy? I saw it waver one time whenever he looked at Camilla and they caught eyes. Mm. They just, I, I just felt something. It was just a, a moment. It was a quick moment there, but I, you could see it. Like, Yeah, absolutely. You could see the unity between the two. And, you know, I thought it was really cool, too, when they placed the crown upon her, <laughs> her head. She was like kind of playing with it up in the corner, moving her hair back. And you could see just in that moment, she didn't know quite what to do. We, she just was happy. And you could see it like it wasn't quite as mm-hmm. reserved as when it happened to King Charles, I thought. Right. Well, and what struck me is on that point 
is speaking or thinking about the evolution of the monarchy, we can go back to his great-grandfather who abdicated the throne because of the love of his life, because she wasn't, Wallace Simpson was a divorcee and she was American. And so he abdicated the throne so that, and which is how Prince Charles became in line to the throne. And now he's married to the love of his life and she's just been crowned queen. I mean, there's a huge evolution there and modernization of that, of the monarchy. Yeah, because they're both divorcees. Exactly. And I thought it was really humbling, too, when you speak of humility. This is what came to mind is a lot hasn't changed in the coronation process. A lot has, but those deep traditions haven't. And I thought it was very humbling. Like they took him down almost to his dressing robes or, you know, just the shirt to mm-hmm. to make that transition to a crowned king and... I just thought that was a pretty raw moment, too. I agree. There's also something about the deep, deep traditions that we witness. I mean, there's. I think that's vitally important as we move forward that we hang on to some of our history. I agree. That's what's bad about the U.S. We don't have traditions like that. So we don't, a lot of right. Americans don't understand it. Exactly, because we're such a... A so much younger society or community. Right. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular to be present in the moment. And I was getting something ready for our social media that just basically said, I don't know, to be present in a moment that has now become a moment in history, just what that feels like, what that, that means. And, you know, I tuned in hoping to see everybody walking into the church, what they're wearing, the excitement around it. And what I came into was the middle of the ceremony. And so I, I missed all that part, but everybody looks so beautiful. Can we talk about, and we can continue the tradition here, but we've got to talk about Kate Middleton and Princess Charlotte and how gorgeous they looked. Oh my gosh. <laughs> right. Absolutely stunning. Absolutely. I mean, Breathtaking. I don't remember seeing both of them. Well, I'm talking about Prince William now dressed like they were today, like for the occasion in their, Mm -hmm. I I don't know what they, what is it? Their their regalia. Yeah, their regalia. And then to see those kids too. Little Louis, I think, got took out of the ceremony for a little while because he was there. And then there was a big time period he wasn't, and then he was back. But <laughs> I don't know, maybe he moved somewhere, was sitting with somebody else, but he was back right. for the, the walk out of the, the church. And wow, just to be present in that moment, that's just amazing. Well, and to see their families, because Pippa Middleton and her husband and, and Kate Middleton's parents were, I don't know, I think they were sitting right behind Prince Harry, frankly, but to see their family. And then clearly the ladies in waiting of Camilla, one of them, they were probably both her sisters, which you never see in public. You never see them in public, but <laughs> they're like, they had to have been sisters because they look like exactly like Camilla. Camilla. The one sister was definitely crying as they were walking down that. And you think about their life and how difficult the years must have been 
when Camilla and Charles were not permitted to be seen together and she was, Camilla was married to someone else, had children with someone else. And then to have to go through that drama in their personal lives must have just been. And so to have it all culminate at this point where she's being crowned the queen of England is remarkable. Yeah, that gives me full body chills just thinking about that journey and how it all played out and then came together. And we are where we are, more modern Mm -hmm. day royal family. They've had to weather a lot of storms to get here. And there were a lot of times there was backlash and they had to step up to the occasion. And so just finding that way to keep evolving, to be relatable. But I think what's vitally important to remember is as the the monarchy has evolved and and has had to become more modern, they have never, never given up their role of serving others. And that is what they're there for, is to serve their kingdom. And to me, it is so remarkable to think about that, that that is what they are there to do. And they're all in it together. Well, most of them are in it together. I found one of the most moving parts after the ceremony, as they were doing the processional from Westminster back to Buckingham Palace, that his sister Mm -hmm. led the whole, all the troops on a horse. (laughs) Princess Anne, I thought that was remarkable. She is amazing. She is amazing. She is such a remarkable woman. And yeah, And overlooked. (laughs) And yeah, I thought that was one of the most impressive parts of the entire day. And I completely agree. It just demonstrates the bond the two of them have together, too, for him to realize he's making this transition, but then bringing along his sister with him, who Mm -hmm. he knows. He knows she's been the spare behind Mm -hmm. even her brothers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah. I thought that was really cool. Right. And she takes her role very seriously, probably without a lot of complaint. It just is what it is. Okay. So I have a question for both of you. Have any, either of you actually seen any member of the Royal family? In person? In person. I haven't. Have you, Michelle? That's a very interesting question, and I'm so curious as to why you're asking it, but I would have to say no. Because it's on my bucket list. That's your bucket list? (laughs) Of course it is. One of my bucket bucket list items. Obviously, I would want to see Prince William and Princess Kate, or Catherine, first, but I'd take any of them. I want to see them. (laughs) I want to see them in person. That is a bucket list item. I have not. You can go all stalker in London. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's stalk them. Although, <laughs> after after all this, they probably won't even be in London when we're there. Yeah, and I don't want to get June. arrested well, for stalking the you royals. Do, yeah, you do what you have to, Michelle, to check that bucket list item off my list. <laughs> Hey, Michelle, you forget what Rob and I have done for Suzanne over the years. I know. We're not going right. to go there. But I don't know if this would count as your bucket list, Suzanne, but when I went to Monaco many, many years ago, we were up by the palace and 
Princess Grace and King Rhaenyra's son, who I can't mm-hmm. remember if he was a king. He drove by us in his black car, and it was him. Um, did, yeah, and you saw him. I saw the shape of him <laughs> through the dark windows. <laughs> okay, I want to see their faces. I mean, that's as close as we any of us have gotten, as I see it, but... I want to see their faces. I want a selfie with them. <laughs> I want I want a picture. <laughs> yeah, how do you get on that list to be that close in proximity to them? Well, or how lucky yesterday or the day before the coronation when they surprised the crowd that was had been camped out for their perfect spot to see it for 48 hours. William and Catherine got out of their vehicle and came over and said hello. And they were taking selfies with the people that camped out there for 48 hours. And my son asked me if I would be willing to camp out for 48 hours. And I immediately said, absolutely. But then when I thought about it, it's like, but would I really want to camp out there for 48 hours? I don't know. But if I could get a selfie, uh, maybe I would. I was just going to ask you that question. Had we been in London, would you have wanted to camp out? I, I stand by my yes, I think I, I would have wanted Suzanne to camp. paying someone to camp out for her. <laughs> and then she shows up last second and says, you can go now. Yeah, you know what, Christy, that's, you're exactly right. I mean, if I could do that, that is like the perfect world for me. I would pay someone a lot of money to camp out for me, where I could just swoop in in the last hour and stand there like I've been there for 48 hours. To have a placeholder. I get it. I could see you do that, doing that. (laughs) Right. But then I would have missed out on the surprise stop they made to shake everyone's hand and to take selfies. I would have missed it because I had hired someone. The hired person would have gotten the selfie, not me. Well, the hired person could have called you and said, you need to get down here right now. Quick. Yeah. And I <laughs> I certainly would have been at a hotel very close that I could have bolted down there. Your FOMO would have been bad. My FOMO would have been, yeah, off the charts. <laughs> well, I hope that never happens because you would be a very unhappy Suzanne. <laughs> I would, but but it would have been my own fault. But yeah, Can we, Christy, you know me well. <laughs> right. Can we talk about something else that makes you a very unhappy Suzanne for just a minute? I told you I was going to bring it up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. So watching this as someone who has no relationship, well, maybe an Ancestry.com or like, ancestor somewhere I do, but not with the modern day monarch. I don't have any relationship. I wasn't invited to be a part of the coronation. Mm -hmm. I I don't even know how to put this. I have always tried to at least find a silver lining with Megan and Mm -hmm. they'll come around. They just have to find their own way. And I've tried to give them credit, but Her not being there today after witnessing what I did and how I felt just watching it on TV, you don't Mm -hmm. come back from that. There's some things you cannot come back from. You don't get those moments moments back. And it feels unexcusable that she wasn't there. And then I go and I read these statements that I see in magazines, and they sound so shallow. They just sound horrible. And... Yeah, I was taken aback by feeling that way so strongly. 
I think it would have been important for her to have her children there. I mean, this is their grandfather getting crowned king. Mm-hmm. And she didn't think that it, that was important enough to suck it up and take her kids. Right. Right. I agree. And she wants to and use prince and princess and duchess and all that. Well, there's a price for using those. You have to be in service. Exactly. Exactly. And again, I have so much to say on this, but I will I will limit my comments. I think that she I don't know that she understands the importance of the monarchy. She didn't Google it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I think that she is undeniably opposed to the monarchy for maybe for reasons that maybe she created or she invented. And I don't think she allowed them their own history. And I think that they that the monarchy has shown incredible steps towards evolving into a modern day society of British royalty, but I think she was so intolerant of it going in that there was no chance she'd ever accept it. And listen to how small these quotes make her sound. I found them in Us Weekly, and Mm -hmm. it's from an insider. It says an insider has said this, and I'm going to read two of them. Here's the first one. As much as Megan appreciates the invite to the coronation, she wouldn't miss her son's birthday for the world. Despite being the Duchess of Sussex, Megan is a mom first. Quote number one. And quote number two, like she feels very grateful to be included in such a special occasion by the royal family and is glad that Harry can go and show support on behalf of their family. But being the same day as Archie's birthday, unfortunately, she's just going to have to miss out on this one. Like it's an everyday occurrence. This is a once in a lifetime thing. And that feels so flippant and small. And I'm sorry, I'm getting fired up about it. (laughs) And I'm not a fiery up person. I know. Well, and... And who says that they can't celebrate his birthday in England? Who exactly. says that that she can't be a mom and a Duchess of Sussex on the same day? It's like there's, and yeah, it just, it, it makes no sense. And I know there's tension there, and I know you're going to have to eat a little crow or however you want to say it, or you're not the center of attention that day. And maybe, you know, for that reason, it's the best they weren't there because it didn't become all about them. But still, I mean, King Charles probably would have loved to have seen his grandson Mm -hmm. and granddaughter. They would have loved to have played with their cousins or interacted with them. And I know everything else is going on, but suck it up, buttercup. Okay, well, okay, well, and here I'm going to go off on a little tangent because I purposely recorded the BBC version of the coronation. I also recorded the PBS version and I recorded the NBC version. And here is the problem is that the NBC version focuses on Harry and Meghan. And there's so much more to in the background about the, the, the celebration that, but all 
NBC can do is focus on Harry and Megan and how, what a distraction Megan would be if she had attended. And to Christy's point, these are the King's grandchildren. They deserve the right to be there. And I'm sure that they would have been included um, had they shown up. This is not about Megan, but American media makes it about Megan and Harry. And that's that if we just ignored them, it wouldn't be about them. It would be about the celebration of the coronation. And BBC, Harry wasn't even mentioned. They they showed him when he walked in, but nothing was said about it. Nothing. And it's like, hmm, see how that works? No drama. What do you think, Christy? Well, it's just an American thing. I mean, he's in America now. So, yeah, they're going to focus on that, you know, because once again, Mm -hmm. they don't understand the history. They don't understand the importance, you know, of the monarchy. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing they can focus on is Harry and missing Meghan, you know. And my thing is, is why couldn't Harry take the kids if Meghan didn't want to go? And no, he should I mean, have taken the kids because I mean, because he they are his their grandchildren. Yeah, that's their grandfather, you know. And I, it's just I can't even imagine how shallow this woman is that she thinks, oh, well, let's have a birthday party. We don't need to go to the coronation. Like there's going to be another one next week, right? And she has to choose between being a mother and a royal. <laughs> Poor Megan. Poor, poor Megan. Poor Megan. But we've well, probably. And poor Harry. Yeah. Harry, Harry couldn't be at his son's birthday. Oh, but wait, he could have had he brought his son with him. But oh, no, that's not possible. Oh, wait. But mm. they're saying that he is leaving right after the coronation, probably won't take place in any of the other events because he has to get back to celebrate the birthday, which, you know what? <sighs> I love my kids dearly. And. When they were younger, mm-hmm. I hated missing their birthdays, but I had some circumstances in my life. I was divorced where I couldn't always spend the day with them, and it sucked, but we celebrated when we could. We made the most of it and made it a special day when we could, and this might have been one of those years that you just kind of adjust the schedule a little. He's four. He probably wouldn't yeah. even know if it was his real birthday or not when you celebrate it. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like... Do they really think we're that stupid <laughs> to buy into that excuse? It's like, no, we're not that stupid. Yeah, those it's like give me a break. Those quotes are not going to age well. They haven't aged well, and it's only like a couple hours <laughs> no. afterwards. So we'll move away from them because that's really all the time I want to give to them. I am really disgusted, yeah. which is hard for me to say because I have tried to find support for them. But is there anything else you want to say about the coronation today, Suzanne or Christy? Uh-huh. No, just that it was it was a wonderful celebration of a um, deeply rooted tradition. And, Chris and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to our next topic, which we're not going to have a lot of time for, girls. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> but here we go. Okay. Well, as you all know, we've spent most of this episode talking about the coronation of King Charles III, and it really got me in the heart today and got me 
going back down that path of things that have happened in our lives that are memorable um, on the world stage. Uh, The coronation today was a planned event, but there are so many events that we've witnessed during our years on this planet that have been untimely. They have been shocking. And can we just take a minute to acknowledge those and that feeling of like, where were you when this happened? Absolutely. Because I remember, you know, listening to my parents talk and listening to my mother-in-law talk to this day about where they were when JFK was shot. Like, they remember it. It's burnt into their mind. It's burnt into their soul. I'm sure with the grandparents, it would be World War II. And really, Mm -hmm. for me, the first event on a world stage I could really recall is... President Reagan getting shot in 1981. And I didn't even grasp it then, but I remember seeing it on TV. I do remember that as I well. Remember. They brought us into, I think um, I was in grade school, and they brought us in the auditorium and told us. And I remember a lot of people crying, and it was just a sad time. It was so incredibly sad, and there have been many unexpected moments like that. So I thought I would list a few, if you're up for Uh it, and maybe you can tell us where you were, or if you remember, or if that even registers on your radar. Does that sound okay? Okay, sure. Okay, so um, the first one that I wrote down is the Space Shuttle Challenger blowing up. and That happened in January Mm -hmm. 1986. Do you remember where you were? I was sitting in front of the TV watching it. Yeah. Well, I have a little interesting story. Jeff had taken the dog out for a walk, and I was watching it on TV. And he, the dog, it was a very icy day. The dog took off. Jeff fell, hit his head on the ice, and he came back in. And he said, I remember him saying, the dog cleaned my clock. And which was, I fell, hit my head on the ice. And I told him about the space shuttle. And then a half an hour later, I brought up the space shuttle. And he said, what space shuttle? (laughs) And I said, the one I just told you about. And he said, you didn't tell me about the space shuttle. And then about a half an hour after that, I brought up the space shuttle. And he didn't remember it. And so I took him to the emergency room because he had a concussion. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a memorable <laughs> a memorable reaction to that or Yeah, right? I mean it's just hmm. okay, what about you, Michelle? I was in French class and we were all watching huh? it because it was the first teacher going to space. I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. Wow. Maybe ninth grade. Let's it see. just it just emphasizes how much older than I am than you guys because I was married and had children, but that's okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to highlight that. How about you, Chrissy? Do you remember where you were? Yeah, I was in, I think I was in seventh grade and they had us in the library and they had it on the TV and we were all excited because the teacher was going up in space and it was such a shock. I remember everybody just, it just went quiet in the room. Like nobody knew what to say, what to do. And then people started crying. It was, it it was powerful. 
Mm-hmm. And one of those memories that you just don't forget, no matter how old you get. Um, another right. memory I have written down was when Princess Diana passed away. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember where you were? Oh, yeah. It happened on August 31st of 1997. Well, I remember hearing about the accident, and they originally said that she had a shoulder injury, and then it became she had some internal bleeding. And then at that point, um, it wasn't long after that, they announced she was dead. And I remember it was shortly after Colton was born. He was only six weeks old maybe at that time, not even six weeks old. And my nights and days were all screwed up, but we had taken the kids to the Alaska State Fair and were coming back to my parents' house to have dinner or something. I remember hearing about it initially then and then just being glued to that TV that night because I was the only one else awake in the whole world with this baby who was colicky. How about you, Christy? I was at work, I think, the first I heard about it. Um, I was sitting at my desk and uh, my boss came in and said, you're not going to believe this. And he started telling me about it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, I was stunned like because she was so young. Right. I mean, she, so young. it was shocking. Yeah. It was shocking. Young kids, tragedy the way it happened. Need, I mean, it didn't have to happen. It just a horrible unnecessary yeah. accidents. So I remember that. And I'll share one more, which resides in the hearts of everybody, 9-11. Again, shocking. Yeah. 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 Very and shocking. it was very, yeah, it was very early in the morning in Anchorage. It was like 5, five or 6 a.m. that we first heard about it, 5 a.m., I think. And my daughter had just gotten up. She was in high school and she was re- getting ready for school. And it came on, and it's like, holy cow, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I'd been in D.C. the night before. Uh, the military intelligence ball was on mm-hmm. September the 9th, I want to say. Um, so everybody was in town for it, which was, I thought it was, maybe they knew that everybody was in town for this. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's why they, they picked that day. It's because they knew so many people were going to be flying and, you know, mm-hmm. important people with the government, you know, because I worked for the Department of Defense at the time. Right. And, uh, yeah, I remember sitting at my desk and I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, I was just there. Yeah. And that feeling of so dis- yeah, disbelief and numbness. And I was in Alaska also. And I remember... I was married to my first husband and he had gotten a call from a family member and he turned on the news. He's like, you got to come see this. And in those moments, I mean, just the disbelief and the gut punch to not only, you know, us as someone witnessing, but Mm -hmm. to an entire country, to an entire world to see this happen. And then so much remarkable came from that and the fact that, Citizens United, and in that moment, mm-hmm. we were the United States, and this was an attack on us, and just the strength and the unity that came from that was huge. I really do think these memories live on in our hearts and our minds, just because, again, they're uniting, they're so unexpected. Do you have any other thoughts on that? 
<laughs> I miss how the country was after 9-11. I miss people being yeah. unified. I miss people, you know, being proud of where they live and, and being kind to each other. And, and I, we've just totally gone off the script here, you know, we have times. And right. I, I think it's sad, you know, to go from that to where we are now. It's just, it's to me, it's sad. Yeah, I agree with you, Christy. It is. It's heartbreaking. And going back really quick to the, the coronation, and again, a planned event. But there's unity mm-hmm. in that, too, bringing everybody together to watch that, to celebrate um, the progression there. And so there is hope. There is hope that there'll be events coming forward that are positive, that unite, not that are unexpected, that unite. Exactly. And one last thought on the coronation. It's like, I my heart was warmed by the crowds that showed up for that coronation. It was amazing. I heard so many reports about how the crowds would be down and people weren't going to attend and it wasn't important to them. Well, in England, it was very important to them. And the crowds were phenomenal. And that just did my heart good to see. And that's a very good note, too. Thank you, Suzanne, for sharing that. Okay, well, this has been a longer episode than usual. That's kind of exciting. (laughs) We're going back to our longer days, at least for this episode anyway. But a couple things I wanted to mention. Uh, We do have our 10K giveaway in May contest going on Mm -hmm. right now. But I do want to clarify because last week's guest co-host did say, oh, you're giving away $10,000. I'm like, no, not (laughs) (laughs) $10,000. The 10K is because we are celebrating having 10,000 downloads. And because we have 10,000 downloads, we decided that we would like to do a gift basket and a giveaway to our listeners. Now, to be eligible for this contest, please remember that you need to follow us on Instagram. You need to tag three friends. And in every episode, we are going to give you a special word that you need to DM us. And this is a third episode. There's four that you'll be listening to. So Christy, you're our guest. Can you give us a word? Just throw a word out there and that'll be our word of the week. Friendship. I like it. Oh, I like it. Okay. So there you have it from the mouth of Christy. The word for this week (laughs) is friendship. So DM us that word. And remember, you only have to DM us with one word from one episode. But if you do listen to all the episodes and DM us four words, you get four entries. So that's what we're hoping for. Um, So that is the contest and it's in the show notes. And then also the book of the month, Suzanne picked this month. And do you want to share with the listeners what that is? (laughs) No, because I can't remember its title. I've had a long month. I'm sorry. I know the title, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. Christy, do you remember it? No. Okay, well, I remember it because I'm actually reading it. But the book we are reading this month, and it's by a very good author. I'm enjoying it. Is a great author. A great author. Is Homecoming, Homecoming. a novel. That's what it says on Homecoming, then a novel by Kate Morton. So that is the book of the month. And I'm only calling you out about the Suzanne 
You picked a book that has uh-huh. 547 pages. I know, but she's such a good author, and I think it's worth it. Okay. Well, I'm finding it worth it so far, but I just wanted to go ahead and let you know that yeah. that has okay. happened to me because I feel Maybe, like it was yeah. against me. No, I'm kidding. I don't. Yeah, and yeah. next time we'll pick a shorter, um, a shorter book. Hopefully, I've already picked the book for next month. I just haven't shared the title. Spare. No, oh, I'm kidding. It's not spare. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah, because that would be, that would bring an end to our book club because I won't read that book. Not only our book club, probably the friendship, the podcast. It just goes on from there. Yeah. Just explode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. We are wrapping this episode up. Yes. And yeah, you're going to have to join us for another episode that's more interactive. (laughs) It's always fun to talk with both of you. So we only have one thing left. And Suzanne, I think you're going to give the listener something to sip on right now. Okay. The quote. For the day is the great discovery of all time is that a person can change his future by merely changing his attitude. And that is from Oprah Winfrey. Do you think she was talking about Harry? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to Maybe. say it. So cheers, everyone. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.